Sup, freaks, it's your Uncle Marty here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt. And the immense pleasure of sitting down with a man by the name of Marshall Holbrook. I'm sure a lot of you Bitcoiners don't know too much about Marshall, but he's doing some incredible stuff and has been doing some incredible stuff for, for some time now. He is paving the way uh, for mining Bitcoin with natural gas. And I'm not talking about what we're doing at GAM with using waste gas to mine Bitcoin on oil fields. He's doing something pretty similar, but also very different, where he's actually finding land that has uh, pre-existing uh, natural gas pipelines in it, like little little things that shoot out of the ground, nothing too crazy. They produce uh, some gas that could be sent to the grid uh, or simply just not used at all. And he has been building Bitcoin mining operations using these natural gas uh, wells for five years now. Since 2015, he started uh, by experimenting because gas prices were getting too low and selling it to the grid was was not making any sense, especially considering all the kickbacks that come into play um, throughout uh, throughout the whole process. And so he started mining Bitcoin and found out that it was pretty profitable to the point where he solely mines Bitcoin using these natural gas wells. Um, I'm not going to ruin the story for you. He does a much better job at explaining what he's doing, uh, much more eloquent and, and more invigorating. So definitely check it out. Listen to the whole episode. Some very exciting stuff going on. There's so much opportunity in the world of Bitcoin mining. Uh, Marshall is doing and has, again, has been doing some incredible stuff. I think you guys are really going to like this episode. It's really going to blow your mind at, at the opportunities that exist out there. This episode of Tales from the Crypt is brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them, all right? They're helping us stack sats. They're helping us send sats, receive sats. They're helping us stack sats on a, on a set cadence. You can DCA on the Cash App now. You can start dollar cost averaging into your sats position on the Cash App now. To drop down, you hit. Do you want to? Do you want to do this every day? This purchase. Do you want to do this every week? This purchase. Do you want to do this every month? This purchase. Do you want to do this every two weeks? This purchase. Do you want to make it a one-time purchase? Yeah, the option now, more optionality is coming, has come to the Cash App, and on top of that, Sats are now the standard on the app. And uh, talking about optionality, if you want to stack slivers of stonks, you can do so on the Cash App via Cash App investing. If your favorite stonk is a little too expensive, you can invest invest as little as one dollar using the Cash App, all right? And because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, or it is your bank account, bringing it back to optionality, uh, Cash App is now giving you the option to get your checks direct deposited to the app. You can use the Cash App as a bank account. You're going to get an account number and a routing number via the Cash App. What the hell are they doing? They're blowing up, all right? And Cash App Investing is a subsidiary of Square member SIPC. As always, make sure you use the code StackingSats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. When you sign up for the app, you're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse, O-W-L-S. Use the code StackingSats. Download the Cash app. If you're liking this content, please uh, smash that subscribe button. If you're on Twitter, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, at Marty Ben at TFTC21 at Matt underscore Odell. Throw him a follow as well. Uh, smash that subscribe button if you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening on Apple, wherever you may be listening. Every subscription helps us uh, get more noticeability on these apps. And uh, as we roll into another, potentially roll into another bull market here, we want to make sure 
all the newcomers to the Bitcoin space are getting quality information. We like to think that we provide that quality information here at TFTC. So the more people that are getting exposed to this podcast, the better. Uh, make sure you're sharing the episodes with friends and family who want to learn more. And help us get more visibility on these apps. It's time to turn it up here. Enjoy this episode with Marshall, uh, incredible human being doing great stuff for, for Bitcoin and the natural gas industry. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty here. Wednesday afternoon now, third podcast of the day. Uh, probably the one I'm most excited for because it's uh, very pertinent to what I'm doing at Great American Mining and the work that we're doing in the mining world. Uh, the gentleman I am on the phone with today has uh, been a pioneer in the natural gas mining space. Uh, from, from what I can tell, everything I've sort of researched and the people that I know in the space that know what this gentleman is doing, think that he's far ahead of the curve than, than many realize at this point. So I'd like to introduce you freaks to Marshall Holbrook. Marshall, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Marty. I'm very, very excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this since we, uh, so I guess since Tom reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and, uh, and we talked uh, a little bit and then we finally, I guess, hashed out a date and here we are now. So I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Um, Again, very excited to have you on the call here uh, because you're doing something uh, that I have not seen personally in the mining arena. And like you mentioned, Tom has been hooting and hollering and raving about what you're doing and uh, sort of how under the radar you're flying. And um, so I apologize. You have to uh, you have to rehash what, what you already went through before we hit record. Freaks, I uh, hopped on the call at Marshall, and he, he thought we were recording right away. So I got a little pre-interview, preview of what we're going to talk about. And he was getting on a uh, – he was explaining exactly what he's doing. And I felt bad I had to interject and say, hey, we haven't hit record yet. So um, I, I will re-ask the question is sort of how did you get into Bitcoin mining and specifically uh, mining with natural gas um, and why – do you believe that Bitcoin and natural gas producers have a, a sort of natural um, relationship that, that you think will, will be more popular moving forward? Yeah, so I started uh, probably 20 years ago. I moved to Kentucky. I got out of college, moved to Kentucky, and I picked up a few little uh, gas, gas fields and um, what I, what I originally did was I used to just buy electricity off of the grid to power my uh, electric compressors. So if anybody knows, you have to compress the gas to get it into the utility line. So I started off doing, uh, doing that, and um, gas prices, you know, were fairly consistent back in the day. Uh, they'd be higher in the wintertime, moved maybe 50, 60 cents 
Um, and then in the summertime, they drop back 50, 60 cents. So you, you could see an average of $2, 250 or $3 or, you know, $1.75 to, you know, $2.50. And you could budget pretty, pretty uh, reasonably um, what you were going to make that year. You could even go and, you know, get your broker, uh, market your gas through a broker. And, um, you know, he would lock your gas price in on the futures contract and you could get a steady, you know, gas price year round. Um, you know, he, he would take a percentage so of it. And um, so when the electric prices were getting to where I didn't feel like I was getting the most out of my, my energy, I always wanted to do something like with my natural gas. And um, I was already uh, using the grid. So then I went from using the grid to actually running natural gas generators to power my uh, electric compressors. Um, so I got big enough to where, you know, I had, uh, you know, two, three kilowatts of generation power to start up, you know, one little field. And I started thinking about what could I do with this extra energy when the gas price, you know, went way up and then it was coming down and everybody thought it wasn't going to go past $5 and it went through $5, then, you know, went to $4 and then went to $3. And then I can remember one summer there, uh, probably five or six years ago, I think it went all the way down to about 80 cents. Uh, natural gas did because they were drilling up on the Marcellus and, uh, you know, they're flooding the market with, uh, with uh, natural gas and it just drove the price down. Um, so I started to say, Hey, I need to do something else. What do I do? Do I go build greenhouses, grow tomatoes? Do I, you know, um, uh, what, what can I do? So I started looking at, how to utilize my extra power that I was using to, to, to compress with. And, uh, what I come up with, uh, five years ago, four and a half years ago was this little box that was called a ant miner S seven. And I said, well, what the heck's this? This thing uses a tons of power. And I said, you know, I could probably put 10 or 15 of them in one of my electrical buildings. So I can cut a hole in the back of it, put a shelf there, you know, put a, put a satellite up. And so I, I, I bought, I don't know, 10 of them, 15 of them, 20 of them, and um, stuck them up there because I had already, you know, researched what they would use, what they would draw, and, you know, the profit, you know, how much they could make. And I was like, that, that there's, there's, there's no way I can get $10 in MCF running this little box. So I, I bought some and um, hooked them up. Um, they started, you know, mining, and I said, okay, well, I got these coins now in my wallet well, let's go set up an exchange and see if I can actually sell it for this. There's no possible way I can sell these coins and, and, and get, you know, whatever it was, a thousand dollars or something. And so I set up the exchange and, uh, went over there and sold my coin and they paid me. And I thought, wow, I said, now well, I'm going to go to the next generator and do the same thing. And then after I, you know, got all my power, I actually started turning off the compressors and buying more uh, S7s. And then I think about that time the S9 was coming out. So I started buying S9s and uh, started building my first, what I consider my farm, which I, I build them out of uh, wood. You know, it's just pretty much a wooden, uh, not a container, but it's a wooden house. Kind of like what you would put behind your, uh, behind your house to store your lawnmower in. But I converted it with big fans and uh, air, air filtration system and air coming in and going through the miners, going out the back. And, uh, so I kept doing that and turning off more and more compressors until I was pretty much a hundred percent, just, uh, crypto mining. 
and I was saving money from uh, my brokerage fee. I was saving money from uh, transportation, compression, shrinkage, all these other little hidden fees that, that they charge you when you actually sell your gas to the utility. And um, so then uh, I, I just kept doing that, and I didn't really know anybody what else was doing it. I just thought that uh, this was a good way for me to do something, I guess, uh, if you want to call it off the grid. <laughs> I didn't have to depend on if the utility had to renegotiate a contract with the utility once a year. I didn't have to pay the broker his 4% uh, on a depleted gas price that I was already getting that I felt, you know, was uh, driven down by all this extra gas. Um, and I got my, you know, theories behind you know, why they drove gas down so low, why they flooded the market so bad. Um, but we can get into that later. Yeah, so you may be the inventor of the digital pipeline. <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I guess I have heard that digital pipeline from, uh, I believe it was Tom that, that actually uses that phrase. And I told him when I first met him on the uh, Telegram site that um, if he wanted a, a um, uh, I guess a uh, royalty. If I started using that, he better speak now or forever hold his peace. <laughs> I don't think we could take a royalty from the man who seems to have invented it. I mean, there may be others like you out there, but I mean, to be doing this five years ago is not something I was aware of. Uh, I mean, I've up to this point, I've predominantly heard of operations behind the grid in, in far off places and um, just thinking about actually going straight from a natural gas well to to a mining operation is not something I've heard of very often. Like, are there anybody else around you that you know that that's doing this? Did you convince others to do this uh, while you're uh, getting started? Uh, no, I don't know anybody else that does it. I do have a couple of friends that have um, other gas wells that I have built a farm for, and you know, pretty much helped them. Um, I guess. Uh, set it up, get it running. If they have a problem, they call me, I come out and I help them, whatever, but they're just my friends and they, they're actually in the same business I am. They just have a small little field, uh, just, you know, four or five wells. And, uh, you know, I, I just help them do that, just do their stuff. So, but other than that, I haven't until recently, you know, I didn't really go out and, you know, toot my horn or, or, and I'm like, I just kind of fell into it and I just felt like it was a better way to sell the gas because I can get so much more for, the um for for the gas you know um where i was you know if i were to sell it on the on the on the on the pipeline or whatever you know the, the way the market is right now uh, i think it's a dollar dollar 87 on the hub so you know after i pay the broker after i pay the uh, transportation and shrinkage and compression and all that stuff uh you know i would probably be 50 or 60 cents less than, than whatever the hub price is or whatever the namex is and uh so you know you're looking at a buck 30 is what i would get and i'm like and i still just run all s9s in my system and you know i get you know four four dollars four dollars and fifty cents just depends on where bitcoin's at and how much i hoard it up and i just sell off a little bit enough to you know pay for my expenses on my generators and pay my mechanics pay my guys uh you know pay my bills um and uh you know uh i do pretty good just running s9 still right now because i feel like i got the cheapest electricity um i've fine-tuned uh you know the generators i use how much i can put on them how to make them last longer you know changing oil doing all the maintenance on them and, uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to toot my horn, but, you know, I think I'm in the, you know, one and a half cent a kilowatt hours, what it, what it costs me to generate electricity. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. And 
So let's dive into a couple things here um, to help the freaks better understand like, like how it actually works selling the gas at let's say ten dollars MCF for Bitcoin. Like like let's dive into how like that how you get to that price. And again, it's dependent on the price of Bitcoin at any given point in time. Number two, uh, I'm looking at the picture of uh, the. I don't know if it's the most recent one, but a tweet from last Monday where you're looking at another strand of gas well cleared and ready to deploy 100 kilowatts of gas power generation for Bitcoin mining. And it's literally just cleared land and like a little, it looks like a, a traffic cone almost sticking out of the ground. And this is what's producing your energy. Um, and then two, the quality of the gas that you're using and sort of the, the, uh, the amount of um, uh, treatment that goes into uh treating the gas before you run it through a generator and mine Bitcoin with it. Sorry. If those... Yeah. So, so, so that, that picture you're talking about, what you see is uh, uh, a very, I guess that well was probably drilled 10 years ago. And um, that, uh, that seven inch casing coming out of the ground. And that's a seven to two inch swedge on top with just a valve on it. And that's, that's kind of what you kind of see in Kentucky. There's not a big Christmas tree. It's not big and fancy. There's no, you know, well, wellhead, which would be like a tubing and, you know, all that stuff coming out of it. Um, that's just a simple, you know, uh, I guess Devonian shale well uh, that, that they drilled. And that, that well there will do about, about 40 or 50 MCF a day. And so what I did was I went and uh, bought the well from the gentleman. There was actually four of those. That's just the first one I'm doing right now. And um, uh, each 100 kilowatt generator will uh, consume anywhere from 12 to 15 MCF a day. If, and the gas quality coming out of that well on the uh, gas analyst was uh, about 82 to 83% methane. So, you know, the lower the methane, you have to derate your generator a little bit. I just usually run Kohler generators. They usually have a, uh, like a 460 Ford or a GM motor on it, something equivalent to that. And, uh, you know, I usually out of every, um, for every like 12 to 15 MCF, I can generate 45 to 50 kilowatts of power. So that well right there will run two of my generators and I'll generate uh, close to 100 kilowatts, which uh, in my little buildings that I build, my little 100 kilowatt building that I build, uh, that doesn't cost me very much, but, you know, people want me to build one for them or whatever, I'll price it to them. If they want to pay it, they can or not, but it's very simple. It's just got filtration and it's got, uh, you know, uh, shelves in it and plugs and uh, switches and whatever, but I can stack about a hundred S9 miners in there and I, you know, do my little uh, firmware tweak on them and down clock them. And I can usually get around uh, like a pair of hash to 1.1, depending on which, uh, which, which S9s I use and, you know, how anything with uh, uh, S9 miners, some of them are better, some of them are worse. Sometimes some of them do better when you down clock them. Some of them do better when you up clock them. So, you know, I just uh, stack them full of a hundred, 110 S nine miners and I generate 1.1 pair of hashes. It's fascinating. I mean, so how long do you think you can keep this up with S nines? Like, are you, um, actively thinking about rotating into newer generation hardware? Do you wait till the newer generation hardware has it been on the market for X amount of time? And then there's a secondary market, uh, for, for used, uh, hardware sort of develops with those generations? Yeah, I'm all about kind of waiting for the price to come down. Um, 
the, like my, I guess, business model is I, I use what I have and I've always been a guy that I guess thought of if I have something, I'm going to use it. Um, the gas doesn't cost me, you know, all that much. Uh, I'm like, I got to pay the landowner when, when I leased that property and bought that lease from that guy, uh, there was an existing lease on it. So the landowner gets his percentage and, uh, under the terms of that, 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 that well, we're talking about that I tweeted, um, it's a 12 and a half percent, um, uh, royalty on it. So pretty much what I do is I pay them, you know, the market price, uh, for their gas. If I burn, you know, uh, 40, 40 to 45 MCF out of that, I pay them, I, I owe them 12 and a half percent of the 45 MCF. And then I tie it back to the, uh, market price. So if the, you know, the hub or whatever is saying the market price is a buck 85 or two bucks, you know, you can, you can do the math and calculate it out. I usually, you know, pay anywhere from 20 to 30 cents in MCF for the gas, uh, to the landowner. And, uh, most of them are happy to get it because if I were to sell it to the pipeline, uh, I, I started at a buck 87. I'd, I'd, I'd end up having to pay them probably a, a buck, buck 10, buck 20. Um, after all the fees that the broker charged me, cause that's, that's the starting price then. And, uh, so they actually make more money, uh, cause I don't, I don't have to take off the broker fee. I don't have to take off the transportation fee. I don't have to take off the, uh, the shrinkage fee that all the big utilities, uh, charge. So, uh, yeah. So, um, so, So, I'm sorry, did I lose you, Marshall. Hello, Marty. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, sorry about that. I think I think my phone got out. It's all good. Um, no, but I, I I think I I caught most of that. So you you so you're getting into the dynamics of how these uh, these gas plots work. There's an owner of the land, and you simply lease it from them, and you have to give them a royalty on whatever whatever you pull out of the ground and end up selling. And it makes more sense even for them, for you to mine Bitcoin because of all the added costs that come with brokerages and transportation where you can sell it for upwards of a dollar where uh, if you if you add in all those costs of running it through a pipeline and transportation, you're getting like 50 to 60 cents. Is that a correct calculation I was doing in my head there? Yeah, that's 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 pretty close. So yeah, when I end up buying the gas, you know, I'm like, it, it really only cost me about 20 or 30 cents in MCF. So my fuel's not the, uh, the biggest aspect of it. That's, that's one of the deepest aspects of owning, owning the other 87 and a half percent of the gas is that that's my gas. So I don't, I don't have to buy it for myself. So then I go and I run that through the generators and I power the generators and then they power the miners and, uh, you know, then the S9s get powered. But, yeah, as far as the uh, the S9s, I use them to, I guess, pay for my infrastructure. So then I, you know, I kind of use them as a hedge on uh, my build-out costs. I got uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of S9s. And uh, I'm, I'm just now looking at some of the other um, new generation stuff because I have all this infrastructure built out that, you know, uh, the juice has to justify the squeeze. And, uh, I'm looking at, okay, you know, I go drop, you know, three, 300, maybe $50,000, buy some brand new stuff. And, um, uh, since my infrastructure is all built, I got all the generators done. I got the buildings, I got the land, I got the leases, I got everything. I, I, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, 
pretty much at that point to where I'm about ready to drop some 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 hard cash to upgrade all my stuff and uh, get to 20 pair of hashes. That actually brings up an interesting point. Like when you're when you're redoing this infrastructure, that's one thing we've learned at GAM is the the generator and the particular miner is sort of are very dependent on each other and, and the way that generator is uh, sort of set up. So do you take that into consideration as well as you're looking to upgrade? Can you can you say that again now? What's that? We're finding that like depending on the generator you're running and the, at what voltage it. it, it really interacts with different generations and models of miners uh, differently. Okay, so. yeah. As far as generator voltage and stuff like that on my stuff, I run a straight uh, single-phase, three-phase system on all my all my buildings. Uh, when I first started, you know, back four and a half years ago, whatever it was, um, I used to, I was thinking, oh, I got to have single-phase. So I was buying single-phase generators. And, uh, you know, then when, once I started looking at it, I was like, well, these 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 uh, power supplies, all they need is 230 volts. They don't care if it comes on one leg, two leg or whatever. So uh, what I run on my systems is a pretty much a true three phase, single phase. I have three lines that have 230 to 240 volts on each line. So it's a it's kind of like a European three phase um, is, is what I want. It's a it's a 415, 230 volt three phase. Yeah. And you, yeah. And so that, that should be compatible with different models moving forward. Like you won't tweak too much of that because it's pretty, it's pretty flexible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if I get a generator, a lot, a lot of people don't know too, that, you know, when you buy a generator, most of them are a 12 lead generator head, which is the alternator on the back or the electric motor that's on the back that the motor turns. And if you have a 12 lead, you can change it to whatever voltage you want to. And uh, I, I do buy a lot of single phase generators just because people don't know you can you can change them <laughs> and then they price them cheaper. So I buy them the single phase generators and I just rewire them to uh, uh, to, to the 277 480. And then uh, all all of all of four uh, four fifteen two thirty volt uh, is all, all that is the same. It's the same Y configuration in the generator head. And all you do is just turn down the voltage on it. Uh, so, th I mean, again, you seem like somebody who's running like in a wide open field by himself in this, in this particular space within the Bitcoin mining world. Like how big do you see this opportunity being uh, just from a total like market um, perspective? Like obviously you may not be the only one doing this for long. Like how big do you think this can get? And do you think there will be an aha moment well, for natural gas producers where they're like, Oh my God, we need to be doing this now. Yeah. I think, I think right now every little natural gas producer in Kentucky, Ohio, Tennessee, East coast, whatever, any, anybody that has 50 to hundred to 200 MCF a day, I'm like, they don't need to be selling it to the local utility. They don't need to be selling it to the transmission line. They don't need to be using a broker. They need to be crypto mining. Because I'm like, most of these guys already have huge compressors. Most of these guys already have, you know, a dehy they're running. Um, most of these guys have the infrastructure for gathering this, all the wells together, bringing it into this compressor because that's what they have to do. They got to gather all these wells up that they got, bring them into one central location, run a compressor to compress that into a um, into a pipeline. And if I'm like the some of the natural gas compressors are, I'm like, 
five, six, seven, ten times what I pay for a generator. And uh, that's why, you know, I went electric because it was cheaper to buy electric compressors at the time than to buy one big natural gas uh, compressor. And so I'm like, if these guys were to look at the numbers and look at, okay, I could sell this big, huge monster of a compressor I got and go buy some generators and uh, buy the, the, uh, the uh, ASIC miners and, uh, you know, hire somebody like me or whatever to, uh, you know, set it all up for them. They could make, instead of making a dollar or a dollar 25 in MCF, just running S9s, they could make close to $4 in MCF or three fifty dollars to $4 in MCF just running s nine. And then if they felt like they had some capital that they had to uh, recoup from uh, them crypto mining, just run the S9s, recoup your money and then upgrade to the new generation. I'm like, that's what, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I paid, you know, some uh, uh, more money for some S9s than I felt like I should have, you know, throughout the last uh, four years, four and a half years. Um, you know, but there for a while when the S9s were too expensive, I, I just ran my S7s. I had, I, I didn't upgrade. I just waited, you know, for the price to come down. And, uh, you know, the hardware fluctuates up and down <clears throat> in price. And, you know, when you feel like, you know, that's a good price, just go ahead and buy it because you're going to get your money back. It's going to, and it's going to be way more than what you get for selling your gas to the pipeline. Seems like such a paradigm shift. And again, like not many people doing it. And what do you think is the biggest hurdle to, to get more natural gas producers doing this? Do you think just Bitcoin surviving as long as it has up to this point, as more people, um, has their interest peaked like longevity of the suppression of prices sort of having people to think out outside the box do you think there's a perfect storm brewing here um i think i think bitcoin is has been proving itself every time people say that bitcoin's not going to prove itself so i think the biggest hurdle is um educating the producer on how it works because I've been to Ohio and I've, you know, met with a lot of people up there. I've talked to some some people around here where I'm at. I'm like, I haven't gone out and like really, really like did a full blown, um, I guess, trying to talk to everybody, doing a, a workshop, explaining to what this is. I haven't gone to that as, as like that far as it um, just because I got my own you know business I got to run. Uh, but at the same time. Um, the biggest hurdle is probably educating them on how it works. Like I got a guy, one of my, one of my real good friends up in, up in Ohio. Um, I've been up there and talked to many producers that he's put together and that he, you know, learned about what I'm doing. And, you know, he's got one of my, my containers up there or, or systems, I call it. He's got one of my systems up there that, 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 that he runs and, you know, he shows people and they're, they're super interested. Some of them have been beat down so bad with the low depression or the low price of natural gas that they don't have capital uh, to put into it. And, you know, it's kind of like they're stuck in the same, uh, I guess, uh, gerbil wheel going around and around and around because they don't have the capital to go and, uh, you know, buy the, buy the ASICs, buy the generators, uh, buy, the, buy the building. And so they, they need capital uh, to do that. But, you know, they, they understand it, but then they're kind of scared of it at the same time because of what they see on maybe the news about, you know, Bitcoin. Uh, you know, they kind of try to call it a black sheep. It's used for this. It's used for that, you know, illegal drug running or whatever, which, you know, it's not um, like it's it's being self-sustaining. You know, you can uh, you can take your gas, run a generator, 
get the coin. And if you want to turn it back into cash right away, you can just sell it every day, you know, or you can hoard it up if you believe that, yeah, you know, one day there's not going to be any more uh, Bitcoin uh, uh, out there. So what's the price going to do? Yeah. So what, what allowed you to take the risk initially? Again, five years ago, Bitcoin was less uh, established than it is today. You, you just personally a, a risk taker or you didn't really care about what people were saying about Bitcoin. It was uh, sort of didn't didn't matter. You're just going to test it. And if it didn't work, you could just leave it at the wayside. Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I started. You know, I just started off buying, you know, just 10 or 15 um, S7s. And uh, then I bought 50 S7s. But, you know, I think, you know, one of the hurdles like we talk about is getting getting them a system um, that they can see for themselves that it works, you know. And that's what, you know, my biggest thing was, uh, you know, I was I was a skeptic. I was like, all right, I'll run this little thing. And I set up my wallet and I pointed, you know, the money to come into my wallet, the coin to be deposited in my wallet. And that's what the next step I took was, all right, let's go set up a, uh, a place to sell it, you know. So then I went and did that and I sold it and everything was, you know, uh, everything was fine and I was making the money. So, you know, I just, I'm like, I think a lot of the people in the oil and gas will probably want to see that. And I think, you know, like starting off small and what I, what I tell a lot of them is, you know, don't go do all your gas right now. I said, just do 20% because you're getting a buck for the 80% and you're going to go get $4, you know, for your, uh, or the rest of your gas or you know at the time maybe i was talking to him it might have been more this is you know probably a year ago but you know let's say you're going to get you know four or five dollars for that 20 percent i said so you're going to average and you're going to hedge that 80 percent and you're going to you know make more money and then go work on the next 20 percent of your gas that you want to uh switch over and uh bit and bit and bitcoin mine with yeah so you can ease into it and test the waters pretty easily and so how is this yeah How's your experience mining Bitcoin changed your perception of Bitcoin? Like, do you consider yourself a Bitcoiner? Or do you just see it as a tool to help you uh, be more profitable with the gas that you own? Or are you, um, are you sort of trying to upend the central banks with the rest of us Bitcoiners? <laughs> I think I'm like, it's all, I, I guess it's all about, you know, making a profit more than, the standard like the standard is you compress and you um, sell it to the pipeline and you know i'm a i guess i'm a gas generation guy and the digital pipeline guy and using the technology that is at hand today to get more for my raw product you know i got i'm a, i'm i guess i'm really a natural gas producer who sees the potential and the benefit of utilizing the digital pipeline uh, sorry, Tom, I'm going to keep using it and I'm not going to pay you anything for it and using the network of the Bitcoin. And, you know, it, it might not just be Bitcoin in the future. It could be some other, you know, blockchain transaction that we need to verify that we can generate electricity and do that, you know, and make and make more than just us just selling it and doing the same thing and staying on that gerbil wheel of where, you know, our our reserves are being sold at a depleted rate and you know the big utilities the big pipelines they go and they sell it to customers for you know 10 to 15 dollars electric company sells you electricity in your house for eight nine ten cents a kilowatt and you know they're buying it from us dirt cheap and uh, we're not benefiting from it so how does this 
how does this change the dynamics of the the energy sector in the long run like is it does it create obviously what you're alluding to there is it creates more of a level playing field for the smaller guys versus the bigger guys but <clears throat> does yeah. this also create like a it stabilization totally, well, I think it's going to, as more and more people maybe listen to this podcast and maybe a little producer will say, hey, if I start doing this um, and then, you know, other people start doing it and then everybody, you know, let's say, you know, 10% of all the little producers in the United States start, uh, start you know, Bitcoin mining, I think it's going to open the eyes to these utilities, to these uh, electric power generation companies, you know, that say, I, uh, well, you know, maybe we don't need to drive the price down so low where these little guys aren't making any money because now they're going to start taking their gas off the market. And I think it does, you know, make a level playing field. But I think once the, the gas producers who switch from gas compression to gas generation get into the, um, the crypto mining, the, the Bitcoin mining, uh, I don't think you're going to see those guys go back to you know wanting to sell gas to the pipeline anymore because you can do so much more with uh gas generation i'm like if i would have had this back 20 years ago when i you know first started buying fields i laid miles and miles and miles of gathering lines two inch four inch six inch lines to get all these wells gathered together to where i could pipe it into a compressor to to send it to the utility you know if I had this technology 20 years ago, you know, this, this, this well that I tweeted, you know, it's got no, no, no place to go. The local utility wouldn't, wouldn't take the gas after the guy drilled the four wells. They, uh, they said it wasn't, wasn't worth for them to tap the line and do all these things to it. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's going to benefit me and it's going to benefit the, the landowner now that I can go out there, put a, put a, uh, put one of my systems out there with a the generator and uh, use the digital pipeline to generate to generate electricity and so you know it opens the door to you know they're doing the flared gas out there uh in the dakotas and texas but really any place in the united states if you have a well and uh you can't get to a pipeline or you don't have the money to lay the pipeline you don't you don't have to do any of that infrastructure you just go get a a container you go get some generators you go stick it out there next to the well and you start making money so is this, this is eventually lead to natural gas prices for consumers on the grid increasing? Well, if more and more producers start doing this, it could take gas off the market, yeah. And uh, it could, uh, you know, raise the rate somewhere eventually, but is it going to happen in the next year or two? Probably not. Uh, a lot of the big guys, you know, that are on the Macellus and whatever, I'm like, they're the ones who produce, you know, the gas and and uh, they're the ones who sell the gas to the very, very large electric power plants that now are converted from coal to natural gas. So, but yeah, man, like um, maybe in five or five years, you might you might see an effect of if enough producers say, "Hey, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go gas generate like BitGas is doing." Uh, yeah, I think eventually it could uh, affect the prices going up or down, or maybe even just maybe make them stable to where there's not such a big swing in it. Yeah, no, that's that's what I was getting to. That's a conversation I had last week too. Is like if energy producers begin to really catch on to the Bitcoin mining as a, an alternative revenue produ- producer, like it could lead to, and we we got heady with it. Like you talk about John Nash's ideal money, it could lead to that 
and that that is sort of created by stable energy prices which it seems like this is leading that way if you if you extrapolate it out far enough into the future yeah eventually yeah i think it i i think it could i think it could yeah and so this is something that keeps popping up in my mind during this conversation because i just saw something about it the other day <clears throat> the uh the movie gasland that documentary um that sort of painted natural gas fracking as a boogeyman it's coming to light at least to me maybe this has been well known in the industry for quite some time um yeah the the movie depicted the natural gas industry way worse than it actually is as somebody who's been in the industry for quite some time like how how dangerous is natural gas um uh, production and is it something that we should continue doing well, I'm like, how how dangerous is natural gas? I'm like, I'm like, how it's it's dangerous if I guess you don't know what you're doing. Um, it's um, as far as the fracking and all that stuff goes. I'm like, they back 20 years ago, you used to drill just vertical wells, you know. Now they started doing these horizontals, and you know, to get the to get the rates. And because you have so much more formation that you have to, uh, I guess, um, uh, frack or break, we got to break. They went into where, you know, they were doing, oh, just uh, fracks that were just unbelievable size. And um, I think that's where, like, they had never done it. And so there was a few problems and whatever. But, you know, the oil and gas industry in general, you know, doesn't want to do anything negative, doesn't want to, you know, harm anything. And, you know, as they had things that pop up that, you know, they found out this, this, this had happened. I'm, I'm like, they went and fixed the problem. They went and, you know, re retooled, um, you know, use, use different pipe, use different layers of pipe, you know, um, you know, change, change the standard. And then like, until you break something, you really don't know what's going to break until it breaks. So, and I think, I think that's with any industry. So I guess that's that's kind of all I got to say about that as far as the the, the dangers of fracking. Yeah, because no, I was I was somebody who um, who watched that documentary. I was like, oh, we should stop, stop doing this immediately. And as you get uh, as naturally as I've got more acquainted with the industry and how it works, I'm like, ah, oh, is this this actually as bad as uh, that movie laid it out to be? Um, and it's coming to light that some of the places he was going to. It actually may have, like, when he was able to light people's faucets on fire, that it may have just been the natural methane under the ground that they were living on. Well, I'm like, I've seen that up in Michigan, too, though. I'm like, you know, just because um, that happened after the fracking or whatever, but, you know, I don't know if these people hit a water well or whatever, but I know up in Michigan, my grandfather, he had a, um, I guess it was an air-water separator under the, under the basement, and if something were to happen with it, you know, you would start getting a little bit of gas uh, coming out of the faucet. Well, you, you would think it was air, but it was actually gas that was actually in where his water well had a little stringer of something that was leaking in there. That was a gas, you know, leak going into his water formation. So I'm like, uh, yeah, that's I'm like, I don't know if that situation was before or after the fracking. I, I, I really haven't watched the documentary to see to see it. Yeah, it's an old one. Um, 
probably a waste of time at this point. Um, Marshall, I really appreciate your time. I don't want to hold you up too long here. We have 10 minutes left on the calendar. Um, is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you think is like important to, to, uh, to get out to Bitcoiners out there? Like how can we help you educate these producers? Is there anything we can do um, to make your, your efforts in the field uh, more fruitful? I really just think that every producer just needs to think outside the box. And if they feel like, you know, they're drowning because the natural gas is so depleted right now that there are, there is a, a, another, um, I want to call it standard that is going to be, um, a, a, a standard. There's another option that's going to be a new, a new standard for, um, uh, gas producers which instead of gas compressing, it's going to, it's going to be gas generation and um, utilizing the technology at hand. And uh, they can, you know, contact me, uh, bitgas at yahoo.com. They can shoot me an email and uh, I'll answer any questions that they got. But if they, if, you know, most of these producers are, you know, engineers, they're, um, you know, they got a mechanical brain to put the pieces of the puzzle together because there are a lot of pieces, you know, you got the well, you got the pipelines, you got dehydration, you got the compressor, you got, you know, uh, heater treaters, you got pump jacks, you got all these pieces of the puzzle that you got to put together and, you know, getting the most bang for your buck at, at the end of the day, you know, is, you know, using that gas or compressing that gas. And if you use it in a generator to generate electricity to um, Bitcoin mine, you're going to make, way more than selling it to the pipeline okay. yeah and i guess i'll end it on this question like so do you do you believe in bitcoin's long-term success as a, as a digital currency as a money oh absolutely i think it keeps proving itself every every time they say that it's done it's 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 tapped out um it it stays right there <laughs> it comes back you know and um uh, yeah, I think I think Bitcoin's going to be be uh, around for uh, a very 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 long time, and um, I think that uh, anybody that holds on to Bitcoin, um, give it another three, four, five, six years, and um, uh, I think you're going to be very very happy with your investment on Bitcoin. That's what I'm doing. Um, I'm just you know, hoarding up as much as I can, pay off what I can, you know, use some now. I'm, I think I'm going to, you know, use some now to uh, buy some new generation miners. I was kind of waiting to see what the halving did. Um, I don't I, I don't see the halving being a problem. Uh, if you got cheap electricity, uh, you keep your, you know, capital, oh, your overhead costs down, your build out costs down, your generation costs down. If you keep that all down and then if you keep a, a steady maintenance on your generators to make them last longer to get the most out of them um you know if you're if you got the cheap electricity you're going to be uh king of the of the crypto mining world and um i'm just excited to if i can get other producers um in this i'm like one day uh there's not going to be any any block reward and um you know there's going to be the uh i guess the fees you know, so the people that are crypto mining are going to be getting all those fees coming in to uh, to uh, pay for the uh, to pay for the block transaction verifications. And uh, I want to I want to have every oil and gas producer that I can uh, be in control of those fees to hoard them up. <laughs> <laughs>
right? And then, and naturally, this helps decentralize Bitcoin too, because all of your operations are disparately located in different geographical areas. So it actually helps in the long run with the geographical distribution of the network and it makes it that much harder to attack. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what I want to look at is when there's no more block rewards out, you know, the fees. So everybody's going to be paying us to do the block verification. If we keep hoarding up our hold, hoarding up our coin and we got the cheap electricity, then where's the price going to go from there? Yeah, Bitcoin was designed to pump. So you think a fee market will develop? You're not afraid of that not happening? Say that again? You're not worried about a fee, fee market not developing like some people are? No, I'm not. I'm not worried about that, boss. Um, Marshall, again, really appreciate your time. I don't want to hold you too much here. Up here, too much on this Wednesday afternoon. Um, thank you for what you're doing. I think it's very important. I think you are. I mean, you. I don't think I know you are very early on to this tip, particularly in the natural gas sector, and wishing you luck on on spreading the message and getting more producers to adopt this technology. But I, I, I appreciate you, Marty. I appreciate you doing the podcast and uh, letting us come on here and talk and, you know, try to educate everybody because that's really what it comes down to is once you understand the Bitcoin, you understand, you know, the, uh, the mining aspect of it. And that's what I feel like I can help these producers that anybody that wants to get into this, you know, I can explain to them exactly how to do it, what they need to do and, uh, you know, get into it and understand it and feel comfortable with it. And I think if they start off with, you know, just a percentage of their gas and then just keep expanding from there, because that's what I did, you know. And I think that's what anybody does when they're going to go into an investment. You know, I, I guess there's those guys that jump in full force and, you know, then they uh, educate themselves by spending too much money at the startup. And then, uh, you know, then they got to back tread and pull themselves up. So if they, you know, uh, I guess contact me, I'll answer any questions they got. And I appreciate you, Marty. Thank you, Marshall. I mean, we're in this together. This is, uh, it's, it's every man who wants Bitcoin to succeed and, and to help out the world is, uh, is a good man in my books. Um, we can find you on Twitter at underscore BitGas too, correct? Yes. At underscore BitGas. All right, freaks, go check out Marshall. Again, he's doing some incredible work. Marshall, enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you. Peace and love, freaks. All right. Have a good day. See you, Marty. See you. All right. See you, brother.